Welcome to Making Movies is Hard, a podcast about the everyday struggle of being an independent filmmaker. I'm Mark Purcell. And I'm Timothy Plain. This week we have a very fun show for you guys. Um, this this is a person I've been wanting to have on the show for a long time. Please welcome local Bay Area stunt coordinator Tony Vela to the show. Hey, Tony. Hey, how are you guys? Doing good. Good, good. So just a little background. I met Tony many years ago um, working on my short film Strange Thing. Um, where, <laughs> so I had originally not thought of, uh, needing a stunt person for this movie. I was like, ah, you know, we'll just, we'll just do it this way. We'll do, it'll be easy. It won't be a big deal. Like we'll just, we'll figure it out. Like, what and was, then, what was written in your script that you thought you didn't need a stunt person? For? Well, so Jake gets, uh, sucked into the closet, uh-huh. um, in one scene. And then, um, there was a scene where, they pop out of the a portal into a forest, and I I, I don't they rem- kind of fly out. Well, I don't remember how I had had it written originally. If I had it flying out of the door, or if it was just um you know fo- like kind of falling into this space from from nowhere. Right. Star Trek. But, I imagine Star Trek: The Next Generation style. They just kind of you kind of like show them jumping into frame, landing so, on the ground, something like that. But then I think it was uh, Jessica Lamp in my um art director on the movie who was like yeah you know you might want to like a a stunt person for some of these things and i was like really i don't know we'll make it happen and she's like well i don't know and then she she recommended tony and i called tony and he was able to do it and uh yeah that was awesome we had a great time awesome tony what's your official title we've been saying stunt person because we're avoiding saying man because we want to make sure it's fair (laughs) that there's probably stunt women out there but what what do you call yourself well yeah it has gone to stunt performers ah Uh, but you know i mean it's still stunt men stunt women but stunt performers kind of covers the whole thing um i'm both i'm i still stunt um i love taking the hits and I also coordinate. So I'm a stunt performer, stunt coordinator, but I started as an actor. I know we'll talk about that later, but um, that, that's kind of where that lays. Okay, cool. And how when you came to Ulrich's project, did you have some suggestions for him on how to make those moments work better than he had imagined himself? You know, I remember it was a phone call discussion, and he had explained to me what he wanted to do. And I'm a visualizer. I... I I get the picture in my head and it it starts playing out right away. Uh, I kind of see it, if that makes sense. And then from there, I apply the technical aspect to it. So now how would I do this? What, you know, what would I need? Is this a rigging thing? Is this, uh, uh, you know, body pads and crash pads kind of thing? You know, what what do I need to be able to do this? And that's kind of the beginnings of how it went. Um, It's always about, tell me, just tell me what the what the scene is tell me what the action is and then we'll try to see if we can figure out a way to do it yeah so i i remember like definitely when i first came up with this i wasn't like thinking of doing what we ended up doing but tony do you remember when you introduced the idea of like the hook and the pulley and like sucking jake into the closet and all that or was that like on set or was that part of the conversation from the beginning uh i know i remember you talking on the phone and describing it as a portal you know the you explained about the door and there's some sort of a void and it's a portal that steps them into another universe alternate universe whatever alien universe whatever whatever that was and um when you talked about uh you know him being sucked into it 
uh, immediately I got the picture in my mind. Well, you know, that, that's a wire gag. That, that's, that's a jerk pull. That's a leg cuff kind of a thing. And we started talking about that. And of course, your first question is, what was that? What's that? <laughs> you know, right. what, you know, what are you talking about? Because stunt performers, we know we speak the same language. And then it's so if you're talking to another stunt guy or stunt gal, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we'll just put a wire on there. And we'll do some leg cuffs and, you know, we'll do circus loop. And then it's like, huh, <laughs> to, to a lay person uh, that doesn't understand that or doesn't hasn't heard those terms before. But that that's pretty much what it was. So I think what I recall is. When you asked me about it, I said, well, that's how I would do that. You said, well, what is that? And I explained to you basically, you know, that there's, it's, there's cuffs that are made. Uh, it's Don't think in terms of like, uh, you know, police cuffs. Um, these are padded um, anklets, let's call them, that, that wrap around, that have specific. I imagine like what Houdini used to put on when he did his yeah, like chain, not, yeah, chain not, tricks. Uh, yeah, not uh, not so bulky, but, uh, you know, they're specifically designed for that so they can support uh and keep you safe and um they've got what's called pick points on them uh which are basically eyelets that you grab onto and uh and then the wire and we started having that kind of a conversation you know more technical like okay this is how we would do that yeah Um, i think that's so cool because you know normally you would probably decide first of all whether or not you need uh, a stunt performer or a stunt coordinator and all work sounds like you almost talked yourself out of even talking to somebody like Tony. So it's just good sometimes when we just get somebody on the phone and ask them like, Hey, here's, right. here's what I've got. <laughs> what do you think? So that way then you can make an informed decision. Cause yeah, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. That's exactly, so, and that's exactly what that conversation was about is, Hey, I've got this project. Um, this is how I have it on the page. This is how I have it in mind. Is there a way to do this? Yeah. And if it's beyond, you know, whatever capabilities, then I guess I can't do it. But can you tell me what might be necessary to do it? And then it evolved out of that. Well, let's rewind back and let's, before we get into the nitty gritty of how you put together a stunt, let's talk about where you came from and, and what your qualifications are and how you got into this business. Give us like a one minute bio. <laughs> and here we go. We're going to speed this thing up right through. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go as fast as you can. <laughs> that was actually the beginning. Um, I, uh, I'm i born and raised in San Francisco. And I mean, really in San Francisco. A lot of people say they're from here, but they're actually from what's called the Bay Area. That's what natives will tell you. Uh, born and raised in San Francisco, Glen Park, hung out in the Mission, hung out in the Excelsior, pretty much anywhere I could get in trouble. Uh, but I always had the aspiration to, uh, uh, to be a performer. I didn't know how I was going to end up, but as a, even I can think back to when I was five or six, uh, trying to do imitations and impressions and things like that. Um, eventually getting into programs in the park and rec departments that I don't even think they have anymore uh, that had to do with dramas and plays and just anything that was like that. Um, I had an ability for drawing when I was younger. I probably still could if I pursued it. Um, so mine was always the creative aspect. I'm musically inclined. I'm a drummer now or have been for many, many years. But at the small age, I, I had these things and just kind of didn't know what to do with them. I just knew I needed to be in this some way, somehow. Um, as a result, which is has to do with that sped up voice, 
uh, I started doing a lot of impressions and a lot of those were cartoons of the time. So I thought when I was a kid that I wanted to be a voice guy. I didn't know what you called it. I didn't know it was called voiceover. Um, I didn't know that there were really people that did that. I just saw cartoons on TV and said, I, I, I want to do that. I like that. Uh, so I started doing impersonations when I was young of, of cartoon characters that I was watching. Um, problem is when I got old enough to realize what it was, um, I thought you went into radio to do that. So I started taking broadcasting classes and, and uh, uh, you know, thinking, okay, will you be a DJ? And then that's how you get to do those voices. And finally, at some point, uh, I can't exactly remember how, but I, maybe I was doing some research on how do you be an actor? How do you get into this? Um, I found out about voiceover and it's like, ah, okay, that's what this is. And I'm the kind of guy that once I get into something, I get into it. So I took every voiceover class that there was up here in the Bay Area with some great people uh, and um, eventually got an agent, did some work, but unfortunately found out that uh, they don't do cartoons up here. It's in L.A. But at that time, uh, actually, the studios that were doing those cartoons and Saturday morning cartoons were going away. We didn't have cable mm, yet. We didn't right. have the 500 stations. We didn't have Nickelodeon. It was sort of an in-between time. So Can I, I stop got you about for a second and just ask if, if the cartoon business was still kind of like at its boom, do you think you might have moved to L.A. at that point to pursue it? Uh, it it's a yes and no, uh, which would probably go into an even deeper discussion. Um that I couldn't leave the Bay Area. Um, maybe I can bring that up in a little bit okay. uh, and, and kind of tell you what, what that was. It's a little, little bit on the you know the personal story that, I mean, I'd be happy to share. It doesn't mean I can't share it. Right. Uh, but it has to do with, with what was happening in my life at that time. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I would have uh, loved to have had that happen. So anyway, I did about as much as what I could do. I got to do some amount of voices, but just kind of characterizations. Uh, uh, they, they, they did Bank of America and, and, and Pac Bell, they called it back then, and things like that. And I was, I was always like this young, you know, hyper kind of guy. They never, you know, I didn't have the, the deeper voice back then to be that. And that was the traditional voice that was happening uh, previous. And then there was a transition where they said, we want real people now. So which is kind of just more conversational and, and all that. Well, what's a real person? Well, there, there is a way to do that. There's a way to present that in voiceover. And that's what was happening then. Anyway, uh, agent says, uh, hey, why don't you do on camera? On camera. Okay. Well, you know, here we go. I always wanted to do that, but I didn't know how to do it. So I said, well, what's involved? And um, he says, uh, well, you know, you should probably take some acting lessons and you got to get headshots and all that. And started to explain that to me. And this is, you know, back in, I uh, hate to say, probably the 80s. Uh, later part of the 80s, and there was a ton of agencies here in town. I happened to be with Brebner at that time. And, oh, really? Uh, There's more than there are now? Oh, yeah, probably double the amount. Oh, wow. <laughs> and everybody knew each other. It, it was kind of a rock and roll time for, for acting up here. And, uh, you know, we didn't have runaway production. None of that was, was going on. It was a union town, SAG-AFTRA. Uh, you know, if you weren't in the union yet... Um, you know, you needed to be if you if you wanted to do work. 
And uh, so I did that. And I, you know, again, just like with the voiceover, I took every everything I could take. I took improv. I took comedy. I took cold reading. Got to meet some really great people at that time. Uh, Nancy Hayes was putting on a thing called Weekend with the Pros, uh, bringing in people from L.A. and all over that uh, uh, could teach you the real deal. And uh, and how old are you? At this time? I was in my 20s. At that point. Was this a few years into you pursuing kind of the voiceover career before you t you switch gears onto the, the on-camera principle? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This was, a, you know, I had, I had done voiceover for, for a couple of years. And then and then the uh, the on-camera thing came. But, I mean, I was doing them concurrently. You know, oh. so everybody kind of knew me as the voiceover guy at that time. And I had some buddies that I hung around with that were also voiceover guys. So we were kind of all in that clique uh, at that point. And I... I do remember um, at that transition, I was studying with uh, Samantha Paris, voice tracks, who's a wonderful person. And uh, I probably had spent about a year or so with her and doing a bunch of workshops and meeting great people and other voice people that have gone on to do some great stuff now uh, and careers. And it was all happening around that time. But now I'm off and I'm doing the, the, the acting workshops. And the, uh, the cap on that was in addition to taking all of these other workshops, I signed up for the Gene Shelton School of Acting, <laughs> which is traditional method acting, you know, Marlon Brando type stuff and people screaming in the halls and emitting and emoting and uh, sense memory and all these things, which was a great thing. But it, I mean, one extreme to the other. So, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty wild. Wow. So we're pretty far into things and you haven't even like touched on stunts yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is becoming so, longer than a one minute bio. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what year? What year is this roughly? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, <laughs> now, this is, uh, yeah, this was in uh, the 1800s. No, uh, <laughs> no, um, I'm, uh, if I'm going to say this is probably about uh, mid 80s. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I was looking at your IMDb and, and like tracking your credits, and you don't start to see some credits until. So like 91 or 90 i think or something yeah you know this was all previous this was all everything i described to you back then was in the pursuit of acting straight up acting voiceover and on camera and i did i probably did back then i'm gonna say 50 maybe 60 industrials which was you had to be after at that time just to do industrials oh and, wow and that and they were shot on three quarter inch video and uh, very hot lights back then. That's what we call now just mm -hmm. corporate videos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so can we fast forward to, because I want to get into all the stunt yeah, stuff. Yeah. That's why we got you on here. Can we fast forward to like, how did you start getting into stunts and what was the transition like from acting to stunt work? Yeah, yeah. Well, the question didn't come right, but typically we're supposed to say, I fell into it. But um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the yes, standard our, our, answer for stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're required to say that. No, not really. Hey, all you stunt guys and gals out there, that, I'm just joking. All right. Uh, but, the, but it sounds good. If you if the timing is right, it comes off, comes off well. Uh, uh, yeah, so, um, you know, what was happening, and it, it's, this, I don't mean to sound too grim, too serious, but, but it's a true fact that uh, at that time, uh, diversity hiring just 
wasn't happening at all. It was one or the other. Uh, and if you were in between, it was very, very hard to get work. Plus the fact that I had a big brush mustache didn't help either. So it sort of categorized me and I was only getting certain calls for certain things. And I was beginning to get a little frustrated uh, about it. And I just happened to be at an audition. And I remember where I was. I was at uh, uh, the original casting works on Sansom that uh, Joan Marichal uh, was running and uh, sitting there waiting for whatever audition it was that day. And on the bulletin board, I saw a posting for a stunt school. And I was like, what? And I had to kind of take a second look because I didn't realize that in this uh, photocopied uh, posting, there was a guy up on the hood of a car. And it's like, oh, stunt school. Okay. All right. Stunts. Right. So I called him up and I said, you know, what, what do you guys do? And he said, stunts. And that, <laughs> okay. But, you know, what does that really mean? And we had a conversation on the phone. It's, you know, fights and falls and all that for movies and TV. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Because uh, most guys horsed around as kids and, and you know, Pratt Falls and things like that. And, and for me, that was kind of me. I, I was always into, uh, I, I don't have a big sports background, but I was always into um, uh, the physical comedians, Jerry Lewis, Dick Van Dyke, uh, Abbott Costello, Three Stooges. Um, Slapstick. I, I really appreciated the kind of stuff that they did. You know, the, yeah. the slipping on the a slip. banana peel, the classic. Yeah. Yes. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to be accurate. And, uh, you know, the fake banging yourself into a door and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I remember as a, as a kid, uh, you know, Dick Van Dyke would come in and fall over the hammock. Well, I would do it. I'd grab ours and do it at the same time when the show opened. Oh, that's so, funny. Y- yeah. You know, uh, uh, you know, I could go on about that stuff and I won't. But it's part of my personality of, of imitating and and doing those kinds of things. So now I saw this as, hey, this might be an opportunity to kind of learn how to do this, although not so much in a comedic way. I, I didn't know that. I had to go find out what this was all about. So anyway, um, on the phone, they said, you should probably come and audit this class because we have a lot of people that say they want to do it. They come down, they sign up, and they find out it's either not what they were looking for uh, or not what they wanted or, you know, along those lines. Okay, fine. So I go down and I check it out, and I see guys throwing punches, and I see guys springing off a mini trampoline. Uh, it's kind of like a little circular <clears throat> trampoline that you see in the circus. Uh, I see guys doing high falls into a crash pad and it's like, this is really cool. Sign me up. And I did. Uh, it took about, I'm going to say a year to become what I felt proficient at what I was doing and throwing punches, taking punches, the tumbles, uh, the falls, the, the, we call them low high falls. That just means anything that's under about 20 feet. Um, stair, stair rolls, falling down stairs, all these things. There's a lot of terminology involved. And, you know, I could tell you the technical term for it and then explain to you, oh, yeah, you know, when somebody does this and you'd say, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, but learning all that because um, there are methods and techniques for just about everything. And it's like, okay, you have to learn how to fall down just to fall down and primary reasons for all of this is to be safe and so that you can do it repetitively because you never know how many takes you might have to do uh so anyway after about a year or so and i felt i was proficient with this i let my agent know and uh i said hey uh it was quintonry at that time mary well 
became Tonry talent, uh, Mary Tonry said, Mary, uh, I'm a, I'm a stunt guy now. And she's like, what? Yeah. Right. You know, <laughs> <laughs> do you have to like, yeah. Is there like a certificate you can show? Yeah. You know, what, what do we, you know, what do we do here? What, what, you know, yeah, right. Everybody says they're a stunt guy. He's like, no, no, really, really. I, I, I've been spending all this time. Remember I told you that I was taking these, this course and these classes and all that. So we had a conversation about it and she's, it, it was, it's interesting. Um, and there's an explanation for it, but you know, she said, I, I don't really know what to do with that. Uh, you know, is that because who, agents don't normally book? Correct. Stunt? Yeah. Stunt coordinators, uh, uh, hire, is there hire. a union for it? No, no, we're part of SAG. We're, we're screen actors. Okay, Guild. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's association. So when people but, need uh, a stunt, they don't typically call an agent. No, I need a no. stunt actor. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you could call an, a, an agent and say, I need somebody who's physically inclined for this role. Mm-hmm. But for straight up stunt, no, uh, production will get will hire a stunt coordinator. And a so stunt how did you get your first job then? For stunt work? For stunt work, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 where this story is going with, with Tonry Talent. So when I, when I presented that to her, I said, since you're not really sure what to do with this or what what you're able to do with this extra skill that I have now, um, think in terms of if you get a breakdown for uh, a casting, just keep in mind that I can do that extra physical work. You know, there's a lot of people, more people that do it now. But back then, it, I'm not going to say it was unheard of, but it was very, very rare uh, that you had somebody like that. You, you could have people that have had athletic backgrounds but not somebody that was actually stunt. So, uh, at least in this town, anyway. And I, uh, I said, uh, yeah, so keep it in mind. And wouldn't you know that not too long after that, an audition came up for America's Most Wanted. Now, at that time, again, before the 500 cable stations or whatever we have now and satellite dish and all these things, America's Most Wanted was one of the biggest shows on the then new Fox network oh, yeah. on Saturday that was a great nights. Show. Yeah. I love that I mean, show. Yeah. Were, so was, were they shooting all the episodes here or just one episode? Happens uh, there, there was several that had been done up here in the Bay area. They pretty much at that time tried to go wherever the incident had happened to do the recreation. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, so what did and, they need? What kind uh, of stunts? This stunt one happened in Richmond. It was, uh, officer Dan Wellhausen, uh, had pulled over a speeding car late night here on uh, uh, Interstate 80 up there by Richmond. And it turned out that uh, there was this guy in there, Philip Newt, uh, who was a, a, a would-be rapper. Um, maybe he did have some credits, uh, <laughs> but he also had he also had some issues. And he was in a car with a couple of guys. And uh, some kind of chip on the shoulder. He had gotten in trouble before, whatever. Um, anyway, the end of the that story was that uh, Officer Wellhausen pulled these guys over, and he just snapped. He he said, you know, come on, get out of the car. One of the guys didn't have an ID or didn't have a license or whatever. Uh, trying to tell him the window wouldn't roll down, and he said, all right, you know, I've heard enough. Come on, get out of the car. And when that happened, uh, Philip Newt kind of flipped, reached underneath the front seat, grabbed a 22, and attempted to shoot him in the head. Uh, the the bullet uh, entered at the temple, but because it was a 22 caliber, ran underneath the skin and came out his neck. Uh, it was enough to knock him back and knock him down. So they got out of the car and started to run, and this guy Newt 
fired another couple of shots into him. Wellhausen was able to get up and return fire uh, and then passed out. He called for backup and that was it. Good news is they ran that show twice. Eventually they caught the guy. But uh, I got sent on the audition, uh, did my dialogue reading. And it was unusual because on that day, again, at Casting Works, it, Casting Works was very popular back then on Sansom Street. Uh there was about 75 guys at 10 o'clock in the morning and producer and director were there. They were doing this on the spot. So they funneled down throughout the day and got down to the last four of us. And, uh, I think it was around four o'clock by that time. And, uh, so I went in again and read and they gave me some adjustments and they seemed pleased with that. Sent me back out of the room, then called in the two other guys ahead of me one of them left and now i guess it was just down to me and another guy and so they're looking at me at the table and they said uh well you know you did really good you took the direction well uh oh we see here you're a stunt guy yeah said uh you drive a car yeah you drive fast yeah can you stop yeah fire a weapon yeah take a fall yeah they did a little whispering uh to each other sent me out of the room one more time called me back in and just moments and then said you know welcome aboard and that was it so so <laughs> wow yeah so it it you know it was a melding of the two yeah right. <clears throat> it was the physical ability uh plus being able to do the dialogue reading they don't need a stunt double uh and i can play the whole thing through and for me uh in my career that was a stepping off point that was kind of a springboard to where ha i am the actor and i am also the stunt guy and that's what we continued to do and and play it that way for for that part of my career so that's cool and how many how many years of stunt performing did you do before you started coordinating your own stunts uh, i'm gonna say uh, it was about a dozen about a dozen years yeah. okay and oh wow we, so, so i mean that was that, that that one you would consider more along the lines of what we call self-coordinating because there's no coordinator there. You're kind of doing everything yourself, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're responsible for your own body pads and mats or whatever it is that you need. Um, so not to say that there wasn't some of that kind of uh, sprinkled throughout that those 11 years or dozen years. Sure. But then, you know, when you're actually coordinating, that's when the producer calls you, as you know, Alric, and and uh, says, OK, I've got this project and uh, can right. you put this together? You are not on camera. You're responsible for uh, making the action happen. Right, right. And um, when you go ahead, Alric. I'm just curious. So I, I see your first credit here on IMDb is listed as Strawberry Road, which is like an uncredited stunt actor is was that like right after you'd done america's uh, most wanted or was I think it so yeah yeah I think okay that, that was around that time did you get to work with toshiro mifuni at all the legend the great i was about 20 feet from him oh man and that's amazing yeah yeah <laughs> wow. and you weren't uh, you weren't his stunt but double were you that would have been incredible <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, uh, that yeah, that was an interesting shoot. Uh, we were down in Salinas in strawberry patches all day <laughs> for a couple of days. Oh, and, so li uh, literally Strawberry Road. Okay, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and uh, we were uh, dodging uh, Bell Jet helicopters with landing gear that we were told after the shot was probably no more than 
10 feet above our head so oh wow so you're yeah. you're running from helicopters that was the yeah same? we're field wow. work we were field workers and uh somebody called immigration and uh ah, which i know okay. is a tough subject right now but back then that's that was the scene and um you know they start calling it out in the fields and sort of like apocalypse now you see these three bell jets rise up and start coming in and swooping down on us and uh um, I believe in the background there was other officers coming in and grabbing people and beating them and dragging them and taking them out. It was, um, it was some sort of a competitive rivalry thing in the storyline. So uh, they, they wanted this guy shut down. And uh, so somebody did that to him or to his um, orchard or whatever they call that and farm. And, uh, and, and that was that scene. Nice. So if I asked around town about Tony... What would people say that you specialize in? Is there like one one place where people are like, "That's the guy. That's the guy you call if you need blank." <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> if you and, need a stunt double for Michael Pena. Oh, we just, I I've done that. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Uh, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did the opening shot in the in the first Ant Man. Uh, driving. Oh, double. cool. I did. I yeah. didn't stunt double him throughout the movie. That was done. Yeah, in- did you do a lot of driving? In that particular movie or in general? Just in general. I guess I'm trying to figure out what what is it? Seems seems like you yeah, have like some I mean, driving okay. credits, some stunt double credits, I, some I, rigging credits. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I'm all over the place. I do everything. Uh, uh, some guys and gals just really fall in love with certain aspects of stunt work. They you know once you learn your basic utilities, which are the you know the the tumbles and the fights and or, or throwing the punches, let's say. Uh, and those types of things, some people just are, are drawn to high falls or they want to learn fire burns and, and then they just get more extreme about that. Or they like the driving. They do some basic driving stuff and then they take some specialized driving classes and then they really go that direction. They will always remain stunt performers in general, but then they become specialists in, in those kind of fields. Uh, for me... Uh, kind of that same pattern. I started out utility um, as things began to change in the industry for casting, uh, found that I made a good double for certain actors. And uh, even though it's sort of in that, um, I call it multi-ethnic realm or, or parameter, um, I'm very chameleon-like. And I can be made to look like and play a lot of varied characters in in that world. And um, if I'm playing a character because of the voiceover background, I can do the dialects. So can't speak the languages, but I, I can do a fairly good job of doing the dialects. So I can kind of fit in here and there and everywhere. Um, in addition to the doubling actors that I may resemble, if that's an, an explanation. But um, but. Branching off from that, throughout my career, I've gotten into different things. I was very fortunate and very lucky in in my early career to be hired on in uh, doing car commercials, which is almost unheard of, and also uh, live industrial events. Uh, driving cars at dealer shows, which is, we call it turntable work. Uh, so these are private events 
uh, where we're going up on big platforms, driving the cars up there, and it is an actual rotating uh, turntable. So you have to hit specific marks. You're driving with other oh, drivers wow. and, yeah, drive wow. off. Uh, very orchestrated. It's um, uh, 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 kind of like, a, you know, the driving equivalent of synchronized swimming (laughs) right (laughs) i guess when i think of stunts like if you're telling me it's stunt driving a car i would think it's like some sort of high speed thing but you're saying and and maybe this kind of gets into my next question of like what what is considered a stunt at what point does something become a stunt well i mean you know anytime it's considered not safe or or potentially unsafe and you know we're talking or or are we talking is this hand-to-hand, body-to-body kind of a thing? Uh, is it a slap? Is it a punch? Is it somebody slipping and falling down? Is it somebody getting thrown into something? Uh, you have that. If what it's about driving, somebody like hanging from rigs against a green screen and flying through the air? And maybe they're not even, maybe the rig's not moving and they're just kind of suspended there in the air. Would that be considered stunt because there's a potential for some sort of danger there? Yeah, I mean, if it's if it's just a static suspension like that where you just take them up a, a couple of feet off the ground, eh, you know, it's a little gray right there. Uh, now, if they're being asked to rotate or 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 pivot or or moves like that, yeah, the then, then not only the is ground. it not only is that stunt rig- or stunt flying, but you, you're probably going to want a stunt performer that's specialized at that uh, to do that. Now, if we're talking about driving, uh, that's that's pretty simple. It's in, you know, anytime you break traction, anytime you leave the uh, the street, you go you know up and off a curb or something like that. Now now you've kind of crossed over that uh, that realm. Uh, anytime you're doing car to car, anytime you're doing anything over a safe speed limit, now now you're really into the world of stunt driving. Okay. Um, How about and, with guns? Is there anything that a, a using a gun prop turns into a stunt at a point a certain point? You know, doing a lot of that on the current show, and I've done a lot of that in previous shows. It, if if you're using blanks, you have to have an armorer. You cannot just go grab a gun and, and get blank loads. You have to have an armorer that's responsible for that. There is set etiquette and safety procedures that are in force when that happens. Typically, you should have a stunt coordinator on set, but if you're not able to or don't have that budget, you have to at least have that armorer uh, so that uh, everything is taken care of safely. There's protocol and there's certain angles that you have to use because most of us know. And if you don't already, that blanks are pretty much as dangerous as a bullet. Mm-hmm. How about oh, really? high speed wow. running? <laughs> I'm just high, asking high random questions. I'm just trying to figure well, out how this applies so to funny. just high speed running. I think it yeah. depends on every situation, right? Like I think everything is different and it well, just depends on what's called for. Is is, is okay. that right, Tony? Yeah, I'll tell you what. The first thing that comes to mind when you say high speed running is, is Tom Cruise. Hor- horror movie. Oh. Yeah, know? yeah. There you go. So right? a girl running through the forest from a monster that's right behind her and she trips uh, yeah, over a, it, a tree branch and falls on leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and it's always there right there always has to be something to trip over <laughs> uh otherwise it wouldn't work um you know it, it, see again these are things that in some cases you think not you personally but a person might think oh okay well that's easy just go out there and run away or you're going to run from here to there 
Has anybody checked the path? Has anybody checked to make sure that there's no uh, roots or um, a bear trap lying under the leaves? Uh, you know, big rocks stick, big rocks sticking out of that path that you're going to follow. It may only be 20 feet to camera or run past camera as you're running away from the boogeyman or whatever is after you. And, you know, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's a drama and the person's just, you know, having a moment and running through. Um, uh, you know, you've got to check all that stuff. Poison ivy, poison oak. Uh, uh, somebody needs to be responsible for that uh, because if your actor slips, trips, falls, sprains an ankle, you're done. For the day and it's going to shut production down so um do you need a stunt double for that eh, probably not but you should safety that and sometimes a stunt coordinator because he's not so immersed in all of the other aspects of the production is the only person that can see that for you right. and point that out i think what happens on our level because you you know we don't have a lot of money so we're trying to eliminate as many people as we possibly can i think probably in a case where like somebody's running my instinct would be to just put some pa in charge of making sure it's safe like what's the danger in doing that and not hiring a professional stunt coordinator for like a running through the forest tripping over a branch scene well you know with all due respect it's um depends who your pa is right you know it's as the most awesome as pa in the you, world okay <laughs> yeah but no, no i, I just you know i'm just kind of referring to a consciousness level as far as um you know what what might they know about safety and, and, and being safe? Not to say that they don't. You know, if you happen to have somebody that, um, I don't know, you know, is a lifeguard or or maybe is a fitness coach or something like that, you have a better percentage, you have a better chance of the common sense aspect of, hey, you know, we should look for this, we should look for that. Um, but I understand the question and I, I understand the statement. Yeah, of course, sure. You know, um, when you can't afford it, uh, you would put somebody in place that should take care of that for you. The question becomes, what's the degree of assumption that you're making that that person knows what to nice. look for? So switching gears a little bit, I'm just curious, like, what is your process for approaching a stunt? Like if someone comes to you and they say, hey, we have this stunt in this in this scene, um, you know, what is your first step-by-step process to get it done? And if you want to use an example of a previous stunt you've done as like, you know, to, to talk about this, that would be cool too. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, what uh, what I'll usually ask for is um, if, if somebody's asked me to do a feature, then it's send me the script and I'll do a breakdown for you. Um, if it's something uh, shorter than that, um, then just send me those pages. Send me the pages of the scenes. Let me read it. Uh, when I first read it, you know, I'll read it a couple of times. First, the first read is just so that I can read. Uh, second one is let's go back over this and kind of break it down and see what's happening in the, in, uh, in this particular scene. Uh, and then the, the third time I'll do it. And I've gotten pretty quick at this now where I'm kind of reading and marking as I go. Um, I'm looking for the action, but not only the action, I'm looking for any safety elements that may need to be applied uh, through it. And that's the beginning of my breakdown. So the result of that is I will then translate that uh, to to a technical uh, breakdown, which would say, okay, uh, in this particular scene, you've got somebody, uh, you want this guy to punch that guy. Uh, he's going to get slammed up against a wall, and then from there he gets thrown down onto the ground. Um, 
maybe another character comes in in the middle of that argument and tries to stop it and he or she gets pushed aside. You know, th- those, it's pretty typical. That's, that's the kind of stuff that, that I'll see unless it's a horror movie or action movie or, or you know, something bigger. But just to give you a small example, um, and then I'll actually do a breakdown on that. Uh, and, you know, it usually goes, are we talking about you're wanting the actors to do this? Uh, are we talking about uh, uh, stunt doubles here? You know, what degree, what level do you want to see of this? Um, we're going to need crash pads. We're going to need body pads. We're going to need these kinds of things. So that's the that's kind of the the first step that bring that back to the, the who's ever contacted me, whether the, you know, producer, director, uh, sometimes it's both person, you know, it's a dual person, uh, same person, but uh, doing dual roles. Uh, sometimes it's just the producer and I'll say, okay, well, here's what, you know, here's what you've got here so far. Uh, if it's, if there's multiple things on that could be different days, uh, then it's like, well, on this day you have this, on this day you have that, and on that day you have that. This is what it breaks down to. Technically, this is how we would have to do that. And I, and I spell it out for them. Uh, this is what's needed. That usually helps them funnel it down and go, okay, well, we don't need that one, but we want these two. Or can we scale that one down and still do these two? Once we do that, then I come back with the budget. Then it's applied because now oh, I know. Okay. Now I know okay. who they want, what they want. Do you want the actor? Do you want a stunt double? Do you, you know, inevitably that you know they need me, <laughs> and what kind of equipment do we need? And that's it. If it's a SAG feature, there's not a whole lot to discuss rate wise because that's already preset. And uh, I just, I just okay. pull, I just pull those numbers and say, well, you know, you know what the rates are. And this is what we're talking about. And then it becomes, okay, well, could we do both of those on one day? <laughs> if they've got, <laughs> oh, a, better bu- if they got a better budget than that, then it's like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. You know, you so don't. just just stepping back really quick. So if it's a SAG project, is there a minimum like there are for actors? Like, you know, you can get it like, there's a, like a daily minimum if you're like ultra low budget SAG. Is it the same for stunts or? Uh, yeah. So so we've so there there is a contract for SAG stunt performers. Um, the way it, and again, a lot of this just changed now. Um, uh, it, it, it has to do a lot with, uh, the runaway production situation that we were in because before back in the sixties, seventies, eighties, everything was across the board. There was no sliding scales. It was very rare, um, that you had all these different levels of rates, but, um, <clears throat> basically what it comes down to is, Starting at the top, it doesn't matter what your budget is, whether you are a full feature budget, you know, studio feature, uh, if you are low budget, modified low budget, ultra low budget, micro budget, and so on. Even student uh, films, the rate is the same for stunt coordinator. So if you're a SAG signatory, uh, it is the same. So there's no change on that. For stunt performers, it is pretty much the same as the actor's rate. So it declines as you go down uh, on the budget, whatever your budget might be for your film. Problem is, if you want anybody good as a stunt performer, you're not going to get anybody uh, to work for you. A less than low budget rate. So it's like, yeah, but... Do stunt performers get 
residuals? Yes, they do. Okay. Do they get paid the same as a, an on-camera principal? Mm-hmm. And there's also stunt adjustments. They, they're all, they're commonly referred to also as bumps. Right. You, usually, so you I think the, you hear that. Yeah, the you hear principal the principal rate plus the bump for the stunt. Yeah, de- yeah, depending on the stunt, and that's that's kind of pre-thought, predetermined, uh, because that's all done in pre-production when we do the breakdowns and and review all this. And it's like, okay, well, you, you know, you want a guy to fall down the stairs, or you want a gal to fall down the stairs, or uh, you want somebody to fall out that window. Uh, it's worth X amount of dollars, and that's going to be on top of the day rate. If it's a particularly hard stunt, you're getting hit by a car, you're jumping out of a car, um, you're going to pay that adjustment each time. So uh, depending on your budget or depending on what you want, uh, it, 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 it can get up there. You mean and pay you have- each time you perform the stunt or each time it runs on tv or no if when you're in production uh there there's there's some uh not variants but um different examples of this i'll say if you're just getting slapped around and beat up you might get a few hundred dollars for that you know (laughs) you're 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 you know in extra on top of your day rate it just sounds funny and i'm not i'm not demeaning that Wow, why does everything happen? At that's time? crazy. <laughs> is that a, what yeah, is that? That is uh, my that's my ringtone. Wow, and, that's a good party. Uh, that yeah, is man. the uh, you guys. Uh, well, I hate to say, aren't old enough to remember that, but that is the <laughs> that's the uh, original theme to Creature Features from uh, ah. from here in San Francisco. Yeah, and, uh, I thought. the former host of that who passed away was a good friend of mine, and I'm I'm good friends with the new Creature Features people. So, anyway, I've been a guest on so, that show. Have you ever been asked to do a stunt that just is impossible to do safely and you just had to say I can't, it's, we can't do it or can every stunt be done safely uh i think most things can be done and if need be modified so maybe they couldn't be done exactly the way they were originally asked for <laughs> uh, right. but you that know there's modification but you know that would it would never come down to where that shift is made in production on set that day and this is something that would be discussed previous and uh we would uh uh you know go over that and say well you know this this is kind of hard to do yeah it's either you know and i've been in those situations before and it's either you know you really don't have the budget to do this if you try to do it any other way it's just not going to be safe it's not going to work so we can't do it for you that way here's what we can do and then that's kind of how it will flush out gotcha. and, uh, and and we'll make it happen to where they're satisfied, we're satisfied, and everybody's okay in the end. And how involved do you get in things like uh, painting out rigs? Like, are you advising people, we can do that, but there's going to be some visual effects work that needs to happen in the end? Or is your goal always to hide as much of that stuff in camera? As you can. No, uh, no, that um, that goes that goes back to pre-production and and discussing these things. Um, uh, some of that will come out during location scouts. 
some of that will come out in the pre-production meetings where we're actually talking about these kinds of things. Um, yeah, the rigging, uh, whenever we're doing wire work, that's kind of a given. And, uh, it, you know, the conversations are usually, well, you know, there's going to be wires here, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, we knew that. That That's pretty obvious. <laughs> right. And uh, I just you bring know, that up because when, whenever you're dealing with low budgets, you, you always squeeze every single penny you've got. And a lot of times you don't have a push production budget. Right. You know, like a lot of the stuff that Ulrich and I do, we just end up doing a lot of the work ourselves. We'll be like, all right, well, we're going to edit it and we're going to compose our own music and we'll just we'll conform it in the end on our end. And, you know, so I, I just was wondering if you kind of like. Yeah, it's, you know, know, a lot of the a lot of the conversations I have um, are along the lines of be aware you know, just just be aware of this. Um, I'll, I'll give you a good example uh, of this. Is I've been doing work with the Academy of Art University Motion Picture Division uh, Department over here in Townsend in San Francisco for probably over ten years, uh, thanks to Kern Engel, uh, rest in peace. I hate to say, but. Um, in any event, I've had association with them. Their students, their thesis projects, their short uh, uh, projects uh, that they've done over the years. And just late last year, I was named resident stunt coordinator uh, for the academy. So that pretty much means that anytime they have a project, they call me. And uh, a lot of those conversations are because they are still in school and still learning or be aware. So it's always, well, you know there's going to be wires. Well, you know, there's going to be body pads. Well, you know, there's going to be crash pads, tumbling mats. You'll have to shoot this at a low angle uh, to, you know, you're using an actor. We can't have him fall on the floor. He's not a stunt guy. So we'll use a two inch mat and we'll cut off bottom of frame. Oh, okay. And it's a learning experience for them. Uh, and, uh, and they benefit from it. So they begin, they learn how to shoot, um, in working with stunts because it's a parallel you have to uh uh that sometimes there's compromise you you know you, you you might have it envisioned one way but when you introduce stunts into it if you want the effects of that stunt then the two have to work together nice that's awesome we should probably get to talking about a specific project I think at this so. point. I was, I I think. was gonna say is there any more questions <laughs> i have one last question about the bay area just really quick I'm guessing that working in the Bay Area as opposed to LA means that the type of work that you're doing is is different. I'm just kind of wondering if you can kind of sum up what the Bay Area stunt scene is like. Like how many performers and coordinators are out there and what kind of work are you typically doing? And and if you want to bring in either Sorry to Bother You or All Day and A Night into it, that'd be great because we want to talk about those movies specifically. Okay. Okay. Well, um, when I started, there was just a handful of stunt performers up here. Now I would say, and, and this is going to kind of get, uh, this, this is where we're going to do some editing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Scratch that, race that, back to one. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, there was just a handful back then. And now uh, I, I'm going to say that just kind of, my sense of it and what I know. There's probably about 30 uh, legitimately trained stunt performers here in the Bay Area and probably a half a dozen coordinators. 
uh, the numbers have gone up. I mean, that's nothing compared to Los Angeles or, or Atlanta and all these other places that are doing production now. Yeah, but still quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Are there yeah, a lot of people we, that aren't qualified for it that are doing it? Uh, I'm going to put it this way. There's people that are not legitimately trained. And by that, I mean they have skills. They have fight skills. They have uh, gymnastic skills. They have parkour skills. They have all these related skills, but they haven't had legitimate stunt training. Um, and that was that's pretty much like what I described. Doesn't mean you have to go to a school. And if you can't go to a school, then maybe if you're lucky enough, somebody would take you under their wing and say, here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to do. Here's the kind of gear that you have to have. This is what's required. This is what's expected. And these are the things that you have to learn. Right. I mean, that's happening in every aspect of this industry. Like it nowadays the you know, and, and this doesn't apply quite as much to stunts, but in let's say camera department or you know directors and writers like everyone has access to these things and can read books on them and can make themselves they can they can get the experience of it without having to actually have trained under anyone right and then right. you know call themselves like i did i i have my own production company i'm not i'm not qualified to have my own production company but i can just call myself a production company if i want to you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, social media and, uh, and technologies had a lot to do with that. You know, you're, you, I mean, yeah, right. think years back how expensive it was even to just, you know, uh, go to Circuit City and buy a digital camera. And before that, you know, uh, <laughs> a VHS camera <laughs> and a beta camera before that, you know, I mean, all that stuff was thousands and thousands of dollars. And it just, I akin that to DJ equipment. Yeah, right. You know, uh, years back uh, on turntables, you know, if you couldn't afford 600 bucks for, for Technique's turntable times two and a, and a coffin and, uh, and a mixer board and all that, I mean, you're talking $3,000 or more. Nobody had that kind of money. But then, when the technology changed and, you know, microchips and all these things started happening, it just became more affordable. And now you're able to put it in, in somebody's hands. So I, I get you. So I understand what you're saying. Are you tend to get work from, let's say, Hollywood productions that are shooting in town? Or do you find that there's a lot of kind of independent films being shot in the Bay Area right now? Uh, and, you know, one of the big examples for us is, you know, sorry to bother you right now, which is exciting. Is there are there more films like that that are being shot? right now that you're seeing is like are things changing in the bay area over the last like say 10 years uh I, yeah yeah uh and and more dramatically here just in this last uh, five to seven years um a lot of that has to do with uh, the ab 1839 california film tax incentive initiative uh, I was heavily involved in that with the SAG task force here for the rallies and went up to Sacramento. And that was to, to, to try to put a huge patch on runaway film production. And we are now seeing the results of that. And, uh, so a lot of people are thinking, gee, it just seems to be busier up here now. Well, it's not by coincidence or happenstance and if you're out of the loop on that which i'm, I'm not i'm not faulting <laughs> anybody funny. but if you're if you're out of the the loop on it that's the reason why that's what happened um, so people are choosing to shoot in california again rather than go to back. somewhere yeah, else because yeah. the tax incentives are, are absolutely studios are building up again in la uh people are coming back uh, and, uh, it just got renewed. Um, I was a little disappointed. I was under the impression that it was that the, um, the annual amount was supposed to be increased, 
but they changed some provisions on it, actually making it better, kept the amount of same, the same, uh, but they've extended it, which is great. So now we've got a forecast where producers and, and can say, and studios can say, wow, okay, this thing's not going away. So we can now plan. And so here in the Bay Area, we're feeling it. So, you know, we've got a series up here again. We've got a couple of series up here. We've got Man in the High Castles up here. We've got 13 Reasons Why is back for a third season. Uh, we've had some other things come up here and shoot uh, for more than just a day or two. And then we've got features running now. And, 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 and on all scales, we've got independent features. We've got intermediate scales. And then we have big budget features uh, that are coming back up here now because this is all of California. The, the incentive applies to California. Uh, I believe if you come to San Francisco, you get an extra 5%. So woohoo, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really changed. Yeah. Awesome. Come to San yeah, Francisco. We, shoot some uh, movies. we went, we went in the tank in 2000. Uh, that's when Nash Bridges ended that, uh, I worked on. And right. uh, that same year we had Ang Lee's the Hulk. Mm -hmm. Uh, we had an Ashley Judd feature. I can't remember the title, but right after that, I mean, it, that was it. It, it, it died. It died. Why was and, that? Uh, was that because tax incentives in other states brought production? Well, that them? yeah, that's what happened. Is we had other states. We you know, as long as I'd been around, I didn't know that New York and Chicago had five hundred and fifty million dollars annually. Anyway, they always had that, and that's why things were being shot over there. But then New Mexico and Atlanta and uh, other uh, uh, was it North Carolina? Other southern states got involved, and it's like, gee, California, if you're not going to do anything about it. We will come on over. <laughs> I also kind and, of remember San Francisco not being very friendly to production after Bicentennial Man flooded City Hall. Mm-hmm. Is that true, or did I just make that up? Yeah, I heard that. I heard that story. I worked on that film, but not there. We did a thing up at Grace Cathedral. Uh, it, it the administrations that had processed through all had a hand in that. Um, why? I don't know. And this even goes back to, I'd heard stories about Diane Feinstein in the Dirty Harry movie. She was upset that uh, a hand railing got chipped in City Hall or something like that. And uh, <laughs> right. uh, concrete concrete uh, steps got chipped in a park, you know, I mean, just because you're driving a car down them. I mean, come on, you know, we're driving a car down the stairs. <laughs> so it's kind you of know, like the lesson to mad. learn is that as good That's as things <laughs> are right now, they there's a chance that they could go away again. And that, do you think I, that you just have to take advantage of it while it's there, or you just think I, that part I, of our no, job I don't, is to I don't fight. get that feeling. I don't. I don't have the feeling uh, about that right now. The only thing that uh, that it's going to go away. That I would say is, and this is being a native from San Francisco, born and raised. I have to repeat that uh, because I've seen the changes. I've watched the changes. Um, what's happened to our town? The only thing I would say, and I'll try to be as polite and professional as I can, is I think the only thing that would change it are the people that are living there now who are not natives that maybe don't appreciate like it. Like Ulrich Purcell. Hey, just kidding. He's a, native. Francisco. He's a native. I, I'm a Berkeley native and I live in Oakland, baby. So no, I'm, I, I'm in I'm in the clear. I don't know how to say somebody's Ulrich, name. Ulrich, Ulrich, so he's OG. Yeah. You know, he's exactly. a humble, he's oh, a homeboy. I, 
I've been here my whole life, man. I, I never have left, you know? There we um, go. All right. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's, uh, yeah. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll give We're you- We're getting very heavy on this podcast I, you know what? today, yeah, you know? Here, I'll, 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 give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a real quick one on this that, that would explain kind of what I'm talking about. But this goes, <laughs> this goes back uh, well over 20 years is we were shooting- just happened to be another America's Most Wanted. And uh, I just happened to be playing another character on it. We were up in Potrero Hill and it was a uh, uh, police chase, was chasing the uh, perp. And uh, he had to come down a hill around Connecticut Street and all that and uh, make a turn and the car goes up on the sidewalk and all. And I was staged, I was kind of playing a couple of different parts and I was staged with another stunt performer. And our job was to carry this suit of armor uh, horizontally uh, out of an antique shop out into the street. And just as we're stepping out, whoa, here comes this car. Look out, you know, dangerous. And um, uh, and then he goes by, then the cops go by and all that. Well, we're getting ready to shoot and everybody's on the ready and everything's prepped. I think we had two police cars and, um, and then the perp car driving away from him uh, or trying to get away from him. And uh, we shot it a couple of times. And I think we're going in a third shot. And this lady... Uh, in the jogging attire of that time with the baseball cap and the ponytail bobbing out of the back of the hair and the short shorts and the tank top. And she was doing a power walking thing. And she comes down the hill and we were ready to roll. Uh, they had already called, you know, speed sound, all that good stuff. They're just getting ready to call action. And the PA goes up and I was within earshot. And the PA goes up and says, ma'am, ma'am, I'm sorry. You you can't step in. There, there, there's a stunt going to go on and this car's coming through and, 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 and all this stuff is going to happen. And she never skipped a beat, never stopped power walking, looked at him and said, too bad. And just walked right through and, uh, and we have to do that. We're we're required Wait, to. They, did, they... did she get hit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no okay. it came over the radios very quick. Oh, okay. You know, hold okay. the roll. Hold okay. the roll. We have a, yeah. a, a non-San Francisco Bay Area born person. We're obliged to do that. And yeah. um, let me guess, she so, was a privileged white lady. Oh, so damn I'll just Timothy. say that <laughs> we have some newbies and a few more of those folks in San Francisco now. And that would be the only thing that I think that would, would detour from productions. But I tell you what, right. um, we just shot Last Black Man in San Francisco there, and we didn't experience any of that. Everyone was very friendly and very interested. Uh, we were uh, most of the exterior shots were down done down on uh, South Van Ness and uh, in the hate and nice. uh, everybody everywhere we went everybody was was very friendly to us so awesome. um, I'm happy to say we we didn't experience that so so maybe you know maybe they dig it I hope they do yeah I don't know you always run into that one person or you know here and there like I used to be yeah. a production assistant when I got started working on trauma. And uh, we run into that all the time. Like people just, uh, you know, we're like trying to lock it up. They're, you know, shooting this big shot. You know, they got fancy Hollywood actors, the whole thing. And I'm like pleading with a man to like, please. And, you know, of course he's like, no, I got, I'm going, I got to go to work. And he just goes. And then I, you know, <laughs> put it over the walkie and, you know, hope I don't get fired. <laughs> you know, Well, he had to go to work. That's, <clears throat> see, that's a lot different from just saying, hey, I, you know, I power walk through here. 
This is my right. Space. That's true. That's true. That's true. So I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Sorry to Bother You and how you got involved in that production. And I just saw the movie a few weeks ago. So I'd love to hear about the different stunts that you pulled off for that movie and, and how it all came together. Uh, very quickly for me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's interesting because we had a, a special effects makeup artist on and it was the same story for her. Like she got a call and then she was like, you know, had to get to work right away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was not involved uh, from the beginning of the project. Uh, would love to have been. Uh, but I was actually in L.A. on a Friday shooting um, The Last Ship for TNT. I was doubling a, um, a wonderful actor named Jeffrey Rivas. And I just happened to be back in my trailer in between shots and the phone rang. And uh, it was one of the producers saying that he had gotten my name from Brian Benson, uh, the first AD who I love and known Brian forever. And or seems like and uh, which is a good thing. And uh, he's telling me about the movie, which I knew was in town and actually spoke to me about one scene in it. Uh, that had to do with some kind of a game show. And I said, sure, yeah, I'd love to stage that for you. And, uh, okay, great. Um, I'll send you the sides for that, and uh, we'll talk. So that was Friday afternoon. Come back here to the Bay Area. Got the sides on Monday. We talked. And then I can't remember if it was that same afternoon or the next morning on Tuesday, he got in touch with me and said, you've got crash pads, right? You've got those kinds of things, right? Yeah. Well, we've got this other thing going on where our character is running and he falls. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And uh, so we might like to get those pads from you if we can, or, you know, can maybe you can help us out kind of thing. So it was like, all right. Uh, and, and I don't even think we talked about the other thing that uh, he had originally called me about. So now here I am the next day, Wednesday, just, you know, days away. And that was the scene that you saw uh, where uh, Lakeith Stanfield uh, gets the drink thrown in his face and starts chasing the car down the street. And all of a sudden, and, and oh. all of a sudden, kabam. Wow. And uh, that was pretty much done on the fly and uh, had to come up with how are we going to do this uh, at that moment. So that, yeah, that was uh and and I take it on. I I you know yeah. It's not the best way to do things, but uh, but it worked. And uh, I I would say I believe that I have enough experience and been doing this long enough that yeah okay you know let me give me a minute here let me think about this. This is what you want to do. So the to go a little deeper into that. Uh, originally, it was presented as well. He's just going to run. And he's going to fall. Okay, great. We just set up camera and we put the crash pad, you know, below frame and he's going to run towards camera and, um, and then he's going to fall out of frame. And they said, no, we, we were thinking that, is there a way that we can drag the pad and then he can jump onto the pad? And the first thing I said is, you're not dragging my pad. <laughs> it's a six hundred dollar pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's funny. So, but they don't know. You know, I can't blame them. They they don't know. It's just, see, they have the idea. Hey, you got to you know, ask, how the, right? How, yeah, yeah. How the idea is to be done. So I said, well, okay, wait a minute here. We we got to have a little huddle here. This this will be, a couple things need to happen here. I thought he was just going to fall onto the pad, but you know, this is this is bigger than that. So. Had a little huddle with Brian, had a little huddle with the producers, 
a couple of other folks and and what flushed out of that was okay look i need some time to work with lakeith i gotta pat him up i gotta show him how to drop and fall we have to do a little blocking with that uh we can't drag the pad we either have to wrap it um in something uh if it's not going that far or come up with some other device in between that idea of wrapping it which turned out to be a fernie blanket that grip department said no you can't do that because they're rentals and then we have to pay for it <laughs> and it's like mm, okay so you're gonna tear up my pad but you're worried about having to replace a fernie anyway that's 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 just kind of a funny <laughs> thing that happened and uh anyway and, and I say that in a loving way because I know the guys that worked on it. And, you know, th this is this, this is just what happened, right? This is as things were, were progressing in a short amount of time. I mean, this is all happening within, a, you know, 45 minutes maybe. And uh, so the idea came to me, which I've done before in different ways, but they said, well, we're going to, we're going to be on the back of the truck. We're going to put camera on the back of a truck. Ah, Okay. We're going to tow this thing. We're going to make a sled. So I says, is there plywood here? And my pad is a four by six by eight. So four feet wide, six feet long, eight inches high. Does anybody have a half inch plywood here in the grip department? Somebody in the transpo department, I believe, says, I've got a bed liner in my truck that's made out of plywood. And guess what? It was four by six. <laughs> So wow, perfect. We, yeah, so we <laughs> yanked that out. We yanked that out of his truck. We drilled a couple of holes in it. We gaff tape it to uh, to, to the uh, plywood, my, my pad to the plywood, and uh, and then we attached it like a sled to the back of the truck. Uh, next thing we had to do is figure out the timing on that. So I padded up and I said, well, you know, if anybody's going to do this, I'm going to test it. So we started out, I think about five miles an hour. Here I am running behind the truck, three, two, one, dove at the pad, hit the mark. Great. Let's try it faster. We got up to seven. We got up to 10. We got up to 12 miles an hour. I said, this is going to work. The only thing that could happen potentially because I have to kind of pre-think this. I have to assess everything as we're going, you know, what, what, what are the possibilities here? Uh, is uh, uh, what if the weight um, and the inertia of the movement causes that sled to slide faster than the truck? Or what if the truck stops too quickly and that sled goes underneath the back of the truck? Well, you're looking at a, at a tow hitch coming at you and the rear bumper. So uh, what we figured, it was just a timing thing. We just needed to have the truck come to a slowed stop, never stop abruptly, and uh, and that would counter the weight. So uh, next thing we did is I had Lakeith, I patted him up. I had already shown him how to fall. We did that um, in between some ways, somehow. They gave us time. And he was up for it. He was, he was great. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to run alongside me and get the sense of this. I don't want you to jump try to jump on it or anything. You just kind of trot alongside me. And we did the same thing. We started at a slower speed, gained the speed. I jumped. He didn't. He saw how it worked. He was good with it. So we started out at five. We started out at seven. And I ran backwards alongside the truck. And the out was, if you feel yourself sliding forward, 
you just roll off to the right and I'll be there to catch you. So, so, you know, you always have to have an exit plan or you always have to have a safety plan. And that was it. So, uh, yeah, I think we got him going up to 12, 13 miles an hour. Uh, I think he did it, uh, I'm going to say two, three times. And uh, that was it. They captured the shot. They loved it. And uh, and it was all good. And all that happened, you know, off the cuff, pretty much improv uh, within about 30 to 45 minutes uh, <laughs> coming up, coming up, wow. with the, coming up with the idea of it. And yeah. then, you know, whatever time it took us to, sh- to a lot of luck and that you had the right stuff to pull it off. Yeah. To, yeah. to, to shoot that. Did you, and, uh, so it sounds like you would have preferred to have more time on that. Yeah. <laughs> it, how about like but, all night and, and a day? Did you get pulled into that uh, earlier? Are you doing more stunts on that? Oh film yeah. Currently? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's that this was on the highest level of, uh, of all the formalities that that, uh, that are required. So, uh, in a case like that, I was sent the script. I did a full breakdown of the entire script, uh, multi pages on that. Uh, we had a breakdown meeting, uh, with the producer, the director, uh, first, first, first AD. And how many stunts are, did you find in that script? Uh, I'm going to probably tell you right now, just off the top of my head, at least a dozen, Oh wow. do- a dozen scenes. I'll, wow. I'll call them. Yeah. And then yeah, when you had that preliminary it. meeting and you said, all right, I see a dozen stunts in here. Did they say, no, 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 let's, let's figure out a way to get it down to six or were they like, no, cool, no, 12, no, 12, no, sure. no, actually. Yeah, no, it was sent in advance, you know, so they had had uh, time to look at it and, uh, and think about it. And some of it was just, you know, questions like you got a guy driving a bus here. Who's going to drive the bus. It's not really a stunt, uh, but you know, who's going to do that? Uh, a couple other things like that, uh, actor safety things, uh, somebody's getting slapped. Okay. You know, are th- uh, a lot of times and things like that, I'm asking the question, have you cast actors that are physical? Have you cast actors that know that this role, um, has a lot of physicalities to it? Are they okay with that? You know, cause you have to ask permission and they have right of refusal. So an actor can always say, no, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. I'm not going to do that. And that can even change. It can change on the day. They can say beforehand, yeah, I know I'm good. And then as it gets closer or becomes a day, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and if that should happen, <laughs> then it has to be dealt with accordingly. But that's why we have a pre-production meeting. And that's why we talk about these things. And then they then go back through the proper channels and contact managers and agents and whoever they have to contact for all of the things that we discussed. And then we kind of reconvene and reconverge on this and uh and 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 get it down to okay this is what we know and that's exactly what happened on this show uh is they came back and said okay well well, during that meeting actually we x'd off a lot of stuff okay well that's a teamster is going to drive the bus and And this is not that meeting again you said producer director we had the line producer we had the first ad we had the director and the director's assistant and so we did that but uh, so that allowed me to eliminate things that, okay, I know that's not a stunt. I know that we don't need whatever I thought we might need for that. And that has me be able to um, uh, redo it. So I basically redo the breakdown. And then from that, is the, as I had mentioned earlier, is the beginning of the budget. Okay, so we kind of know now what we're doing. We know now who's going to be a stunt double and who's not. And uh, start to formulate that and put that together. But that first 
budget is just a draft. It's okay. Here's what we're talking about. Yeah. And that's just to kind of give them a number. But again, on a larger budget feature, we not only went from that once we progressed and once we had an idea of the budget because of the nature of the things in this film, we also had what was described as an action meeting, which would the heads of all the necessary departments came together and we went through that again and talked about all these. So we had art department, we had props, we had all the producers, we had the director, uh, we had, um, you know, anybody that you can think of wardrobe, you know, anybody that you can think of that would be essential in the stunts happening for this film, which was a great idea. It's a great thing to do. And this is after some of the location scouts had already occurred. So, you know, it's just, it, 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 it was really nice to have that, which doesn't always happen. And that was to, to go back over these, discuss them. Everybody's aware of what's going to be needed, what's going to happen. That way it didn't come up as a situation of uh, other departments show up on the day and, uh, oh, oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, okay. No, it was all it was all known ahead of time. Nice. So some good planning. That's good. I wanted to go, unless, Timothy, do you have a follow-up question on this nope. specifically? No, I was going to ask if you want to ask your sideshow question. Well, I was, well, before that, I just wanted to go back to, sorry to bother you. Was this uh, one stunt, the dragging stunt, was that the one thing that you did, or did you end up doing more stunts for that film? You said you, you did you just see the movie recently in the theaters? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to say one word. Equisapia. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So you were involved with the, those sequences? And, uh, did you see the tactical officer that got tossed out of the truck? <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that part. <laughs> that Is was that me. you? That was me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> nice, um, man. And I... Uh, I had never seen an Equisapien before. Oh, yeah, uh, me neither. <laughs> until that until that day. And that was frightening. Uh, <laughs> How did they do those? Were, the, were those visual effects or those actual, like, costumes and no, masks? No, that, 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 that was a suit. And, uh, oh, and, wow. And, Holy uh, moly. I hope I'm not giving away too much, but the head was animatronic. And I think that was, oh, really? that was as scary as anything else. Yeah, so, oh, man. Yeah, wireless servo motors and, you know. All that crazy stuff and um, wow, crazy! You know, so that, I, did, I just assumed those were visual effects. That's nuts. No. So they actually built those suits. Wow. Yeah, this amazing. Guy, yeah, that team came up and uh, and those guys came in, and uh, that was a cre- he, he's you know a bona fide creature performer, and they suited him up and uh, you know they, they laid it all out. They were right next to me. We we shot that in the. Um, uh, old armory there in San Francisco, the former oh, nice. kink, uh, dot com. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're already gone from the building at that point. Right. And uh, we shot it there in the big, uh, what do they call that, the stadium or arena. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so these guys came in and they start unboxing these cases and laying out the costume. And it's like, wow, what's that? That's pretty cool. Wow, wow, funny. <laughs> and then they brought the head out and this, they had a little tent for the guy. And then he, you know, he suited up. And I think he was about seven feet tall when he when he put that thing on. Wow, that must and, have been pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that one was, uh, uh, that was, okay, you're going to be a tactical officer. Uh, you're going to be uh, trying to force the protesters uh, to get out of the way 
And when you drive out of frame, thud, something stops your truck. And now you're being forced backwards. Wow. Uh, and eventually, nice. as it comes back into frame, reveals that it's the Equisapien pushing you back. And, uh, and eventually another one comes up along the side and grabs you and tosses you out of the truck. Wow. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. So I had to set that all up and figure that all out. I, I had to drive the truck. I had to, uh, you know, I'm inside of a, of a building basically, uh, on a hardwood floor and we were told that we couldn't damage it. Of course. So I needed to advance the truck and then stop on a hard mark. And of course, I've got all the lighting gear and everything in front of me, which, you know, I'm a stunt guy. I'm a stunt driver. That's not uncommon, not unusual for me, but it just creates the circumstance. Uh, it's an older truck, uh, not perfect mechanically. Uh, just because it's an older vehicle. So, you know, there's those kind of things and I got tons of gear on. But uh, anyway, you know, we started working with that and we found that the Ram board wasn't uh, uh, reacting with the tires properly. So I couldn't stop where they would like uh, like me to have. Uh, so finally they made the decision, well, can we try it without? They took out the Ram board and boom, I hit the mark, you know, perfect. The, the very next shot. Uh, oh, wow. and then, uh, and then we got to the truck going backwards. So it was, you know, a lot of acting there and, uh, and pushing the truck back. And, um, again, I hope I'm not revealing too many secrets, but it was the same guy in the suit that came around and pulled me out. But the way they shot it, they made it look like there was two of these creatures. Oh, okay. Nice. And, awesome. uh, so <laughs> here's, here's some, uh, BTS stuff that people like to hear. Uh, so I had to situate myself in that truck to where I had to swing my knees over to the left, uh, on the opposite side of the steering column, because if you're sitting there in the proper way, how are you going to come out of the truck? You can't get out of there fast enough. Your foot's going to get caught on a steering wheel, whatever, you know. So I had to devise a way to come out of that truck to get pulled out of there. And I told the the uh, guy in the creature suit, because he had um, restricted vision because of the headpiece, I said, you grab my shoulder, you um, uh, start the move, and I will finish it. I'm basically going to catapult myself out of the truck, but you just have to sell it, you know. Uh, pull me out. So, uh, okay, good. So we had the plan. Um, there was a crash pad, but it was at an angle. So it, it was at an off degree. And then I couldn't come out sideways because we had lighting there that was lighting the green screen. Uh, we had G and E department was there staged. So, okay. So we got it. So we ran it slow. We got the mark. I came out of the truck. Director loved it. That's going to look great. All that. Well, on one of the, once we got our, I call it rhythm, once we got our rhythm going and our speed and we're shooting it, you know, and then it's just a matter of making adjustments for whatever reasons, lighting, you know, uh, timing, you name it. Uh, on one of those takes, uh, coming backwards, uh, I got yanked out. And when I got yanked out and landed, I knew that I wasn't completely on the pad. And because there was a, nice thud <laughs> and oh that's funny so i'm laying there and everybody went really silent and it's like what happened so i guess it made a lot of noise i didn't know that because i got a helmet on and all this stuff and i'm laying there doing what we call in stunt layout anytime you take a bodily impact you just lay out for a moment let your body absorb the shock and so on and we know the techniques how to land and all that 
and they come running around to the side of the truck and uh, they said, what happened? And I said, I'm laying on the ground. (laughs) 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 And they're like, what? (laughs) And I said, yeah, I'm kind of half off the pad here. I, I, you know, I hit the hardwood floor and they said, oh, we, you know, we, 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 we made the call a little too soon. We did change it. We, you know, we, we, we didn't think that that would affect anything. And I said, well, (laughs) it affected my, the fact that I'm on the floor right now, you know, but it was all good. I, you know, I had body pads on. So. And you weren't injured or anything. No, in my mind, it was just, it was a funny thing that, that happened. I mean, it's not to make light that it's a dangerous thing to do. It's a stunt, right? All the normal safety factors were in place. Everything that we needed to do, it was just a timing issue. It happens sometimes. It's just the way that it, the way that it happened. And, and, uh, uh, again, I guess it made a lot of noise that, that, um, concerned them and they came around and it's like, what happened? Well, I'm on the floor. (laughs) That's funny. So yeah. Nice. You know, so that's 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 a good one. But I mean, in my career, I've I've been hit over the head, punched in the mouth, kicked. You know, we call it dings. You get your dings. It's expected. It's it's right. just Comes like with the territory. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if <laughs> yeah. you're an athlete, if you play football, you play basketball. You do you do any of those or extreme uh, you know sports now, uh, skateboarders, uh, any of that kind of stuff. It, things are going to happen. You you got to expect it. So. So there's a little little yeah. behind the scenes about all that. So nice. so I came in for the the specialty stunts on the show. I want to clarify that. Okay. Uh, yeah. There it, was a, was there another stunt coordinator for the other stuff? Yeah. There was a gentleman that uh, that did some other stuff on there, and uh, oh, so cool. but they called me to to come in and do those uh, those, those two, two things. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Well, that's so much fun that you get to come in and and do those awesome fun things in in a movie. You know, in any movie really, but then a movie that gets so much. Attention. I mean, that's also uh, an extra bonus, you know? Yeah, and, and and a lot of Bay Area people worked on that yeah. show. And I'm working with a lot of them right now on this show. And I worked with a lot of them on the previous show. So, yeah, it's so. been pretty cool, man. It's, like, awesome that there's, like, been a bunch of really big movies. Or big, at least, you know, re- relation to some of the smaller stuff that, that comes through town, you know, that's been here, which is really awesome. I mean... I don't know. I don't know how big the budgets are on these things, but like, you know, they're probably what, like $5 million roughly movies in, in there. And yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool for, well, you know, we have the the great, wonderful independent film world here. Oh uh, yeah. That's been going on. And I'm fortunate enough to be part of that. I call it the wolf pack. Uh, We just seem to kind of go from Uh, one, one feature to the next, to the next, to the next. That's and, awesome. Uh, seeing and working with the same people all the time is great. Yeah, that's awesome. So I have like, you know, a trillion more questions for you, but uh, we're out of time. Um, I have to leave in five minutes. Uh, but thanks so much. I take personal responsibility for that, Ulrich. I'm sorry. I asked too many questions. No, that's okay. That's fine. I mean, I don't think we would have time to talk about everything. I mean, <laughs> right. you, know, you, you, you worked on a bunch of movies that I really love, like going even back to true crime, uh, Clint Eastwood's movie. I'd love to pick your brain about that experience and you know i mean i guess i guess we'll so have to many. have a, a part two at some point well, yeah, yeah. we will absolutely absolutely <laughs> we're just all gonna have um, to work together and just have lunches on set and yeah, talk about it, the stuff uh, um, 
within a five minute period here, I don't know if you had any specific questions that, uh, that you wanted to ask, but I do want to remind you guys that Lasso was coming out in November. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I saw, <laughs> I saw Lasso, um, last earlier this year and you have the best death in that movie, man. Oh my God. It's really cool. <laughs> like I don't want to spoilers, but I mean, it's like your throat gets ripped or something like that. Well, I was and... going to say it was a bit of a pain in the neck, but, uh, oh. that, might be, that might be a little, yeah. little ball there. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, I t- I'll tell you just we'll jump back to that here quickly but uh, I've, uh, again I've been really fortunate enough in a handful of the last features that I've done that I've gotten my Alfred Hitchcock moment uh, yeah where totally I'm getting, you, I'm you getting, always pop up <laughs> yeah I'm coordinating and I and I get these little walk-ons and uh, and it's been great um, I don't want to spoil it but I just had that happen on the show that I'm doing now but uh, but I also am on 13 oh, Reasons nice. Why you saw that <laughs> Yeah, I was I was gonna say yeah. You sent me this the clip of your sequence in Thirteen Reasons Why, which was pretty amazing. Um, you know, so yeah. I mean, dude, it's really great just to to hear about all the fun stuff that you're getting to do and all these amazing projects. And yeah, man, like it's it's really exciting for the future. Like I feel like the Bay Area is just going up and up and up with filmmaking. And uh, you know, I think there's gonna be more and more where all this came from, right? Oh you yeah, know? yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see a, a stop in this. And uh, and as long as we have the support and everybody's on board and everybody's, you know, realizes what's what's happening here and um, dials in on it, then yeah, I can't, I can't see it going any other way. But uh, yeah, totally. I mean, you know. Um, anyways, I love hearing again. that. Hey, Tony, so where can people find you if they want to reach out <laughs> and they want to they talk to you about a stunt they have in one of their movies of the independent? Yeah, film sure. They need well, help the, on? Yeah. Uh, um, we're on Facebook, uh, Bay Area Stunts, uh, B-A-S, which is base. So, um, meaning based it, it at one point it had an e on the end uh which was um sounded too much uh, like base it, jumping. it was the acronym for being it from the bay area so when you see that emblem b-a-s bay area stunts that's that's kind of what that's all about uh, and then uh so we're on facebook uh bay area stunts and then of course there's there's the website uh com. And there's email addresses there and all that. And, uh, you know, there's reels. You can go. We, we, we have the core members on there. So if you click that, you'll see who's part of Bay Area Stunts. And when you click mine, there's reels. You can see my coordinator's reel, my rigging reel, my commercial reels, and <laughs> all of the credits and things that I've done. Uh, awesome. You know, if you if you want to hire me or give me a call or, or, or talk to me about things. Well, we'll include all of those links in our show notes so people can go to makingmoviesishard.com and find that stuff. And then everyone check out Tony's IMDb page. You can see his picture. So when you go see movies that he's coordinated on, you can look for his cameo. Be awesome. Well, thanks again, Tony, for joining us. This is a fun conversation, and I'm sure that our audience is going to get a lot out of it. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Uh, if you want to get in contact with Ulrich and I, send us an email to podcast at makingmoviesishard.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook with the handle at MMIH Podcast. And if you like the show, please tell a friend, leave a review for us, or you know, just reach out and let us know that you like it. That's That's enough for us. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and thank you, Ulrich, and thanks, Tony, for joining, and we'll talk to everyone next week.